Hello, welcome to Yarning Tales from Birmingham, a short podcast series by me, Sarah Fowles, about black women knitters in Birmingham. This podcast series is also part of Yarning Projects by Trevor Pitt. This is episode three, where I speak to Venetia Headlam. Hi, I'm Venetia. I am 37 years old and I live in Erdington in Birmingham and I'm a maker. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I knit by hand and machine and I crochet. I would also like to say that I'm, I do do a little bit of spinning, but I admit I haven't touched my spinning wheel for about two years now. So I can't really say I'm competent at that. <laughs> Um, I started knitting when I was about, I think I was about seven or eight years old. My mum taught me the basics and I forgot. But then when I was ill one time and I had to have a a couple of days off school, my mum just needed something for me to do to occupy me. So she just gave me some needles, just taught me basic knit stitch. And then I made a got stitch scarf and that was kind of the beginning of it all um she also taught me the basics of crochet when I was about 14 and I kind of went along with that and just I'm now better than her I will admit that and um for my machine knitting I started that probably about five years ago um I've always had the idea in my mind of getting a knitting machine I mean my mum did have a couple of them in um, just kind of in storage at the top of her cupboard three years ago. I never used them, but my older sister did a few times. And they were always a bit of a curiosity for me, but even though I never actually got tried to use them. But then about five years ago, I had the idea in my mind that I really wanted a knitting machine and it kind of niggled at me in the back of my mind for a while. And then I decided to take the plunge and just buy one off eBay and... From there, it's been really good. I've got about another four now. But one of the things you do realise with machine knitting is that no one machine can do everything, so you'd have to buy a range of them in order to get as much out of them that you like. Yes, I am very much born and bred. Um, I did go away to university. I went to Bristol, um, spent three years there, but then I came back to Birmingham, and now I live about a mile and a half from where I grew up. I think that is one of the things I kind of regret in life. I wish I was. I wish I was taught a bit more financial kind of you know nuance and started saving money earlier. <laughs> I share a house, and I currently can't afford to be able to buy my own or right. even you know be able to afford to live on my own which is which I think is something that I would really like I do value my independence I mean my family they are um crafters like my mum knits my sister knits as well other members of my family knit as well so they would give me all their little hand-me-downs so I had my little my little machine my little bag that had my knitting and stuff like that so I would pick it up off and on sort of thing it wasn't um so from, from from well from the age of um eleven onwards it was something I'd just pick up and put down just like it was just something to do you know you know if I had an hour or two after school or anything like that it wasn't yeah I I did kind of consciously keep it up I have quite a large family and we're all kind of living our different lives but there's always been a grain of kind of making 
undercurrent going along because even my mum, my mum, she sewed as well, and she's told me stories about how her and her sisters, like, you know, on a Friday night, they'd be, you know, they'd watch the telly, like watch Top of the Pops or that kind of thing. They'd see an outfit. Then Saturday, they'd go to the boring market, buy the fabric. By the evening, they had an outfit ready to go out at night. And I also remember a knitted jumper she made for me when I was about four years old. It was a mohair jumper. I can actually describe it to you. It's a, It had like a stair-step sort of intarsia design, like one half was, was green and the other half was white. And I remember there was a girl in my, was it my primary school or maybe it might have been nursery, I think her mum made her exactly the same jumper. <laughs> so I remember on a photo day, like, like, I wasn't wearing my jumper at the time, but she came in with that jumper. I was like, I have that jumper. <laughs> I could probably say a pivotal moment in my knitter kind of career as such, if you wish to call it, was my, well, around when it was my final years of university and I should have been revising, but actually I spent most of my time knitting a blanket for my friend's 21st birthday. <laughs> because he was going to a festival, I think it was the festival then, that would have been in August, so I had a couple of months to like make make this blanket for him, so I was like knitting squares instead of revising for a lot of time. <laughs> yes, it was just lots of just garter stitch squares that I just sewed together and then did a border on it, and I remember my friend, he absolutely loved it, because he was saying, I was so warm, and my friend ended up buying like a really crappy blanket, and like, you know, his, his blanket was like really terrible, but his blanket... But my friend's blanket was amazing, so he, he was a really good friend. He still is a good friend now. Knitting is something I tend to go for instinctively over crochet, though I do really love the portability of crochet, and I'm a lot more gung-ho about it. But um, the kind of things that I would typically make during my 20s up until now is probably more likely accessories because I don't have to worry so much about sizing, so things like hats or shawls... Um, I have made a couple more garments recently, which is one of the things that I really like the knitting machine for because these large scale things that, you know, that require a big time investment, it's not so hard when you have a knitting machine because it can, it can go along a bit more quickly. I think shawls tend to be my go-to because I don't, again, the thing about sizing, I don't have to worry about the size so I can constantly focus more on, you know, pattern and construction and colour, like, those are the those, for me those are the biggest things when it comes to crafting it's just is this thing visually appealing to me i'm very much drawn to very much graphic kind of things and then again color as and like the saying so like they, so what i make they don't tend to be like so like things like are that very textural like with knitting we've got some knitting like things like bubbles and cables very traditional kind of knitting styles they don't appeal to me I think for me, it's more about the surface design and, you know, very much pattern. <laughs> I don't understand when someone sees a pattern and they see the yarn and they see the colours, they have to do the exact thing that is there. I, I think one of the beauty of being a maker is that you can take those decisions into your own hands and that, you know, there's no, you know, why create something when it's just going to be a faithful rendition of the original I mean you have that opportunity to make it much more than that you can make it yours you can make it truly individual to you it's just something that's kind of become inherent to me I think the idea of making and I think mm, maybe it's a part of you know seeing 
my family members, they just do it. It's just something that we do, you know, the idea of, you know, if you want something, but you can't, maybe, maybe for my parents, well, for like my mum and that at times, like, you know, back then, I mean, you know, buying clothes was a lot more expensive than it is now. So if it was a case of, you know, making it is, you know, if, the, if you want it, you'll have to make it because that's the only way you can afford it. Um, and well, as you know, nowadays, you know, crafting is far more expensive than actually buying, um, buying new. I think, I think it's just the possibility. I think maybe being a maker, it's just like the possibility, you know, you, you can kind of, it's like, um, maybe the creation, just the creation, just being the ability to create. I think that is the biggest thing maybe for any maker, you know, just to have an idea in your head and turn it into a tangible object. Um, I think for me, that is a big thing. I, like, one of the things I love about yarn is that it's just a piece of string. You know, I can take this essentially one-dimensional thing and create a three-dimensional thing that has purpose. You know, it may have, you know, practical purpose or it may just be a thing of beauty, you know, purely aesthetic. Yeah, and I think as well, part of it, it's to get away from the tedium of everyday life. I think, you know, I have a job, I won't talk about what the job is, but it's boring and, you know, yeah, I like the people who I work with, but it's not something I would have thought I'd be doing now, but, you know, money, I need money, I need to, I need to, I need to pay my bills, unfortunately, you know, I don't know any millionaires. And I think it is very much that kind of escape from the tedium, in the sense that, I feel like, you know, Make, making for me is productive in a way that my job isn't you know I know that you know if the world ended tomorrow and we had to re-establish a new life my job could be obsolete you know it's not you know it's not something that is essential or needed or anything like that and I think that's what really kind of came to me during the during the pandemic like being on furlough because I couldn't do my I couldn't do my job because I mean shops were closed and I was I was furloughed on full pay which I was very grateful for but it kind of made me realize that you know I didn't want to be doing the job that I do now and and it kind of gave me a different perspective on my job really and it has increased my desire to not be there I absolutely loved being on furlough because I had so much time to just create and just do what I want. I could, I could knit, I could crochet, I could bake, I could dye yarn, I could just have a walk if I wanted to, even though I think I did about two walks. Yeah, it was just that freedom, to have that absolute freedom to do whatever you want in that time was just so good for me. And I think creatively, I think... I think for some people it was a bad thing because they kind of felt stifled and, you know, they didn't have, they they weren't out in the outer world to experience. So, I mean, some people, they probably need to experience things to create. But for me, I just need time. I think the only change really for me is that I seem to have more ideas, but I don't have the time to <laughs> commit to them all. But then sometimes it it has made me sort of a bit complacent in a way I kind of I always think oh I can do it another time but 
and I realised actually, you know, months have gone by and I haven't actually done anything with an idea sort of thing. I think that's, I think that's the kind of downside with me in my in my making. I think I have too many ideas, but I don't always have the follow through to actually push forward. Newness is my downfall. Everything is new. I always have so much passion at the very beginning, and then. Yeah, I lose enthusiasm quite quickly, either because a new idea comes along or I realise this idea is going to take more kind of work to actually <laughs> fully flesh out into something worthwhile. I've got shawls that all they need is either blocking or weaving in the ends. So I've done all the knitting, but it's just the finishing I haven't done yet. <laughs> but I don't really like sewing up, but I've kind of had to embrace that a bit more as a machine knitter because, because of the nature of the machine. you more often than not you have to knit in flat panels unless you have either a um a double bed machine or one with a ribber or a fancy smancy hundreds of thousands of pounds industrial machine i like the idea of weaving but then i've seen them when they have to walk the machine and that just seems like so much effort i don't want anything that has so much pre-work to do but um sticking with knitting machines i would I'd like quite like the idea of learning how to like do like program an industrial knitting machine because that just seems amazing some of the stuff that they could produce. Um, craft wise, maybe I quite like maybe kind of getting back into some of the artsy things I did because I remember being at secondary school and doing liner printing that was quite fun. I quite like printing, sewing. I should try and do that because I have got my mum's old sewing machine. She gave it to me years ago and. I haven't really done much in it and I mean I did I did do textiles when I was at secondary school but apart from that I haven't really used a sewing machine much anymore. The idea of knitting is against the kind of norm because we're in a very consumerist society the idea of kind of fast fashion buy it now buy it now and you know we can kind of subvert that by creating things that take time if you were to buy it it would cost you you know hundreds of thousands of pounds because when you're making something by hand that the idea of you know most of the cost comes in the labor it's not the finished article itself and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people generally they don't quite understand they just see the final they see the price and they see the finished article and then they're wondering what am I getting for this and you know when you see like you know a t-shirt at Primark that costs five pounds or something like that and you think the reason why you get that is because the people who are making it are being paid pennies whereas if you made a t-shirt if you had the skills to make a t-shirt you would un truly understand you know how much work goes into making something like this yeah yeah, that kind of autonomy um, of, you know, carving your own little niche and carving your own little path. <laughs>